the, the, the part that's crazy for me is like, you were only 15 seconds late, like 15 seconds. It's not like 15 minutes or even a minute, 15 seconds. And they penalized you. I, that I would know. have like made me really furious. I know, dude. And I was, I was ready. I was so ready to just become the observer. Welcome to the Emotional Compass. This is Bodhi. And Abiel. Hey, Abiel. How's it going, man? I think you have some very interesting stories for us today. I got some stories. Everybody's got stories. What are you talking about? That's <laughs> <laughs> what life is all about. It's one story after the other. That's true. Every moment is a story. And we can make a complicated, rich, passionate story. Or it could just be something simple like sitting under the Bodhi tree and just contemplating life, you know? Yeah. I guess when you're an enlightened, you know, yogi, you could just sit there and experience it all. Yeah, I'm not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, from what you were telling me, you had a pretty interesting golf game yesterday. Or should I, let me say, should, should I say you had an enlightening golf game yesterday it was good let's just say that it was good i know that i spoke to you uh this last week about um a series of chats that michael a singer has recorded uh they're available on um the apple store if anybody's interested um and i believe that they might be uh, available in other places as well because um it's a a trilogy is one through ten, I believe, and yeah, I downloaded it on Audible, and it's available there as well. Oh, wonderful! Um, I know that his work. Um, I truly became a fan when I believe Oprah uh, was talking about it during her um, Oh Sundays. Basically his book on the untethered soul and I believe his other one is, do you recall what's the other name of the other book, buddy? Um, man, you just mentioned it the other day. <laughs> uh, with the surrender experiment. The surrender experiment. Yes. Yeah. And uh, this is the lecture series on the untethered soul and it's lectures one through four of Michael A. Singer untethered soul um of course we're gonna have that in the show notes but that's that's the book or the lecture series that we've been listening to this past week and we've both had some very enlightening experiences thanks to these lectures i've really enjoyed his books and the lectures i feel like he's like if i'm listening to him live it's perfect um but he starts okay so the the story is I'm going to a golf tournament basically to try to qualify for the Florida Open. And normally you could compete as a professional or as an amateur. I'm competing as an amateur. And my whole point of going to this tournament is to experience golf in tournament situations, which is very different than a recreational round. Um, the energies and the emotions get amped up. People are 
very strict with all the rules. Um, the officials are there and they don't cut corners. It's, it's well, well presented. So I wanted to be part of that whole event and qualifying was an outcome that I was surrendered, my surrender experiment, to whether or not I got there or not. So on my way to the round, I'm listening to the chats and he's talking about the mind and how it tries to control the world in order for it to feel what it wants to feel. So if the car in front of me is going too slow, then my mind goes nuts about, hey, this guy's going too slow. I got to get around him. So instead of me freaking out about the fact that the car in front of me is going too slow, I observe that my mind is going nuts and I become okay with that. And before you know it, it subsides and either it subsides or not, I start becoming aware. So the first steps of becoming aware is noticing that the mind is doing a number on you. And I wanted to take the same approach during this golf round. So I knew that the ride was about an hour and 45 minutes. So by 4.30, I'm up already because my round starts at 8.54. And I cook myself breakfast around 5, 5.30. And I'm out the door by closer to 6. So it gives me ample time to get there at least an hour to an hour and 15 minutes to warm up. So I got there in time and I'm warming up and I'm doing fine. And it's time for my tea, tea time to, to, for me to show up to the tea box. So I'm in the back of the tees starting on hole 10. For those who don't play golf, there's two nines, which compile 18 holes. And there's a double start off the front nine and the back nine. And the back nine was probably about a mile away. So dummy me. You already lost me. You already lost me. (laughs) (laughs) Dumb it down. Dumb it down. (laughs) I think that 0.1% of you guys are going to know what I'm talking about. The other uh, 99.9% are going to be like, what the hell is this guy talking about? So the the bottom line is I get to the tee box late because I confuse the front with the back. And I get charged with two stroke penalty which is a huge penalty especially in golf when it's won by a margin of one or two at times and that's the first thing i'm rushed and in golf you should never rush and on top of that i'm giving a penalty and i'm like wow the first test of whether or not my heart can handle this yeah but the, the the part that's crazy for me is like you were only 15 seconds late. Like 15 seconds. It's not like 15 minutes or even a minute. 15 seconds and they penalized you. I, that I would know. have like made me really furious. I know, dude. And I was, I was ready. I was so ready to just become the observer that the guy is telling me this and anything that goes through my mind is like, well, that takes away any jitters of me wanting this thing. <laughs> so I literally just observe and I let it go. I'm like, that's not a big deal. If I meant to do this, then I could, I could overcome two strokes. This shouldn't be that crazy. And the people that I was paired up with are 
in disbelief that I got charged these two strokes and they're more irate than I am. And I'm like, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) So the first shot, I hit it so pure and so crisp that the ball decides to travel an extra 10 yards over the back of the green. And I just observed. And the whole round kept on having these moments of my heart hurting and my heart rejoicing. And I just observed them. And like I told you, it was like once the heart was done feeling what it felt, it just came back to neutral. And I just, I was just out there just enjoying the beauty. The course was beautiful. It was in great shape. The greens were rolling fast. The breeze in the morning was amazing. The nature was beautiful. I I was seeing these red-tailed hawks flying so close to the ground because the grounds where we were at, they were so hilly. And it just became like this observance of me having this experience and these beautiful grounds. And it just, for the first time, I was able to witness my own golf round. For so many of so much of my life, I've just been so amped up of being out there and trying to have the round that I think I should have and the swing that I think I should have. And this time around, it was just, it was just a beautiful walk. And no, I did not, I did not qualify for the outing or for the tournament. If you guys are even care about that, that that point one percent. I know the ninety nine point nine percent of you don't care, but. I did not qualify, but normally I would have had a little bit heavy of heart to perform how, the, how poorly I performed. And this time around, I was so okay with it. And the beauty of it is the way that Mr. Singer presents this material gave me so many beautiful tools just to be present and just to be aware of the experiences that I was having. I, I took pleasure in in experiencing the full palette of my heart. I allowed my heart to play all the notes of the piano, like the high ones and the low ones. And it was just a really, really beautiful song that I got to experience while playing golf. And I'm just excited to see what else my heart wants to play in the rest of this journey on and off the golf course. And I got Michael to think. And I know there'll there'll be days where I'm not going to be as you know aware of all the things that my heart is trying to say to me but through these chats I've realized that, that I want to prioritize allowing my heart allowing my mind to do what they have to do without me controlling them I I want to free my heart I want to free my mind because I truly believe that's one of the best ways to live life Oh for sure yeah, this this book took me back. I mean, not the book, but the lecture series. Because when I started my journey on spirituality, it was basically that. It was the constant message of become the witness. It was a re- constant reminder that you're not the body, you're not the mind. And uh, Michael Singer refers to that where he says, you have to become aware of your true self your true nature. Um, my guru used to say, the, become aware of your Buddha nature. 
And all these concepts that we have that I'm a man, I'm a woman, I'm so-and-so, I belong to so-and-so, I'm a son, father, daughter, mother, all of these things are concepts we tightly cling on to and our belief systems and everything that we've condition, been conditioned with. We form this identity that we, when we look at that person in the mirror, we look at that identity and we like identify with that person. We're willing to fight and defend that person we see in the mirror. But it's all conditioning. And when you let go of all of that, you realize that at the end of it, you're just witnessing life happen to you and through you. There are certain parts in the lecture series that hit me like a ton of lightning bolt. One was where he says, you know, we are so conditioned to ask for things, you know, like ask for that right partner, that right job, the right promotion, that right car, that right house. But we want these things or these people in our lives because we want to manifest the feeling at the end of the day. He's like, why are you asking for a partner to feel the love? Why aren't you just asking for the love? Or why aren't you asking for a certain situation to feel happy? Why aren't you just asking for happiness? And that hit me like a lightning bolt. And I was like, oh, I could just be happy. And I can just feel the love. I don't need to have all of those things around me. Um, I'm sure a lot of people would disagree and they want to fight and they want to talk about Maslow's hierarchy of needs because we're humans and we need these things in our lives. Part of it is true, but there are monks that live their lives and they're happy and they don't, and they're content with nothing. Maybe a yoga mat. I'm not saying I want to be a monk, but that was a very interesting concept. The other thing that hit me also was when he talked about the inner and the outer worlds. He's like, there are so many people that chase stuff on the outside. And I know I've certainly been guilty of that. You know, the, the right job, the right car, the right look. They are chasing all of these things on the outside because they want to feel or fix something on the inside. Maybe there's a void on the inside that you want to feel. And then he's like, then there are those that are trying to fix stuff on the inside, but they're not so much concerned about the outside. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's me. I resonate with that. He's like, yeah, you know, they'll probably eat the same foods and eat out of the same bowl or hang out with the same people or the same environments. It's like they live a very simplistic life looking on the outside, but inside they're like trying to, you know, there's this inner chaos that they're trying to tame. And he's like, that's not right either. And I'm like, damn it, what? <laughs> and then he's like, you, what you have to let go of it is the, all the fixing. You have to let go of this need to fix, whether it's outside or inside. Just let go of the fixing and just become the witness to whatever is happening to you, whether it's the outside or the inside, and just let it be. And that's, of course, easier said than done. But when you actually practice that, I was actually doing this meditation this morning. I found it somewhere where it's like um, you're sitting in 
meditation and your breathing and you're trying to bring focus to your breath. But anytime your mind goes to a thought, you start labeling. So every time my mind would go to some thought, I'd be like, oh, I'm, I'm like planning my day. Oh, I'm thinking what I should be saying to this person. Oh, I'm blah, blah, blah. And each time I would, I am label it, I would drop it. And then I would come back to my breathing. And it was such a beautiful exercise that usually like I sit like 15, 20 minutes in meditation. This time, this is the first time I did this kind of meditation. I was just like 20 minutes was not enough. I was like, man, I could keep doing this for a whole hour and it felt so good. So yeah, I mean, this, this whole lecture series has been so enlightening and I love his lighthearted nature about explaining all of this. He does not take anything so seriously. And especially Abiel, when you were telling me his history, his own story, I think that's really fascinating. Do you want to tell his story? A little backstory on Michael A. Singer? Sure. Uh, I think in the surrender experiment, he goes through the whole his whole history. Um, I think he was teaching at a community college. He was just this barefooted hippie that decides to leave his job as a teacher and go down to Mexico and just meditate and be out in the wilderness. And out of all that, he takes you on this amazing journey of, you know, doing computer programming for medical forms to running a multi-million dollar business to surrendering what the universe is throwing at him the entire time. Like the entire time, this guy is just letting go and just being present. And the way that he shares his story of working with his company and getting bamboozled by some not so nice energies that worked with him as well is the most exciting non-fiction biography I've read in a long time. He goes through the whole gamut and it's he is a living testament that every time you witness and every time you're present in a situation that's difficult or hard to handle, you bring all your faculties and the universe conspires to help you through those situations as the witness. Just It's like in Christianity how we say that we need to have faith that God has your back. This is like a living example on how to do that, how to allow God to, to work with you and through you by being the witness, by allowing him to take the rein when things are too difficult. Being the witness could be explained in so many different ways. And Michael A. Singer does such a beautiful job of sharing his life, sharing his passion through the surrender experiment. And one thing I could say is he says his story way better than I do. So if you're out there and you want a really, really good read that's going to inspire you to be a more spiritual being, having a human experience, Download this book. I swear, you're going to freaking love it. So good. I know The Untethered Soul is also really good, but um, The Surrender Experiment is like him applying The Untethered Soul 
and seeing how it worked in his life and how it could work for you as well. So amazing, amazing person. He lives here in, in Florida, um, just south of Gainesville. I know if, if you're listening to us right now during this pandemic, the church, the temple is closed. But if you're in the Florida area and you'd like to visit him, you just go to his website, uh, templeoftheuniverse.com. And I'm pretty sure Bodhi's going to put in the notes and just throw him a ring and just tell him how happy you are of having such a beautiful human being here on earth, sharing his knowledge with us so that we could all grow spiritually and emotionally with his beautiful work. Yeah. I, there, there are a few other things in the lecture series that I just want to touch upon. Um, there was one about the cage where he says, once you are awakened spiritually, you realize you're caged. You wake up and you realize that you can hardly move in this cage because you're constantly hitting the limits of your comfort zone. And this hit me hard because this is something that I have been experiencing recently. I am so comfortable in my comfort zone that as I do more of this kind of work, I realize that those, my comfort zone becomes my limit and I have to keep pushing myself outside of those, well, I mean, outside of those limits. Like there's this saying that says growth is at the edge of your comfort zone and I truly, absolutely believe that. And he talked about uh, relationships, how you meet another person and suddenly you want this person to change so that you can be happy with them. And he's like, this person's probably been around for 20, 30, 40, 50 years. And now suddenly you want them to change so that you can be happy. It's like, what are you trying to even expect? It's unrealistic. Of course, it would be unrealistic if they expected that. But most people that end up together, they expect that from each other. And he was like, you need to set them free. He's like, you've caged the world. You need to let the world and your expectations out of that cage and let it free and just let the people be whoever they are. And only then can you be happy with you and them in that relationship. It's also not to say that if you're in an abusive relationship, for you to withstand the abuse, that's not at all. So I just wanted to make that. Oh, that, absolutely. That distinction. Absolutely. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about like little things, right? Um, that you feel that they absolutely, maybe you met them in the beginning and you saw those red flags and you were like, oh, I will change this person. You're not changing anyone. <laughs> They've been like that for years and decades totally. probably. So for if sure. you see those red flags, walk away. Also, it's whatever you resist persists, you'll realize very shortly or very soon that when you start accepting your partner, you're not going to have that negative tension that works with them as well. So those things that maybe you've been fighting for them to stop doing, once that other side of the magnet gets flipped around, the other side falls all on its own as well. So just have faith in this process. Know that 
by accepting your partner just the way you are, you're going to be opening up your heart, which is that energy, that, that center energy that attracted them to you in the beginning. And once you start accepting them and just like you are, they'll start doing the same with you. And before you know it, it'll ignite that fire once again. So it's, it's a beautiful message that with faith and with an open heart could change, could change the dynamics of any relationship instantaneously. Yeah. I mean, there are so many little tidbits and lessons that are there in these lecture series. I don't even do justice to it. Definitely pick it up and read it yourself or listen to it yourself. I think both Abiel and I have just been listening to it. Uh, I know the first day I started listening to it, I went on this long walk and I just kept walking because I was so engrossed in the lecture series. And like I said, he's so lighthearted. And he brings this message in such a digestible and acceptable way that you can't not want to listen to him. You know, you just want to keep listening to him. We're on the first of the three-part series. Um, so if it's okay with you, Bodhi, I would like to have another chat after we're done with the second part and discuss that as well. Because the first one was pretty amazing and i just started the second one and it's blowing my mind so i would love to talk about this some more yeah uh, absolutely uh, definitely want to talk some more about this because i don't think we've even scratched the surface as to what he covers barely a dent so we've been talking about the untethered soul lecture series one through four by michael a singer go pick it up read it listen to it digest it share your thoughts with us. You know, you can connect with us on Instagram. Our DMs are open. You can go to our website, theemotionalcompass.com. There's so many different ways you can connect with us. So please reach out to us. Tell us about your experiences, how you have been following some of these teachings, or if you have any teachers, gurus, or books, or videos, or recordings that you would like us to talk about and share more than welcome to reach out to us and share it. Totally. And if, if you like, pick up this lecture series and follow along with us and shoot us a question or a comment or a concern, we're here to interact, to bring forth this type of work because we feel in these times is such important work and it needs to go out there. We, we need to go out there and spread this love. So till next time, this is Abiel and Bodhi.